1: For 20% off.
0: This is the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you by Outdoor Class and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Outdoor Class is the new single source of premium outdoor education from trusted, knowledgeable experts. For hunters committed to improving their skills, Outdoor Class is the only subscription-based e-learning platform that provides unlimited access to video lessons from the world's most respected experts covering topics across a hunter's entire journey. Learn from industry leaders like Corey Jacobson. Randy Newberg, Remy Warren, and other prominent personalities and organizations. Sign up today and use code average to save 20%. 2% for conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. What's up, everybody? A happy Wednesday to you, wherever you're listening from. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. All right, so this week we're kind of back to our regularly scheduled programming um, in terms of um, looking at some 2% uh, brands and and companies that have, you know, made that commitment to conservation And today I have EJ Saunders with me, uh, and EJ is one of the founders of Blaze Digital Solutions. Um, So really they're kind of focusing on uh, online and digital marketing. And, you know, it took me a little bit. I almost had to go back and and listen to some of our conversation. EJ and I uh, recorded this quite a while ago, um, probably right before uh, org month kicked off, which actually ran, you know, six weeks long Uh, but this is actually good as well too because um, EJ is serving in the military Um, so this is coming on the heels of Veterans Day and the little tribute that we just did Uh, but EJ and I get to cover you know a whole lot uh, kind of as it pertains to digital marketing the outdoors what the digital marketing space kind of looks like Um, for any of you listening that you know maybe in may be involved in that space, um, or maybe you own your own small company or something along those lines. And, you know, digital marketing, Facebook, um, Instagram, Google ads, all these different things. Um, you know, it, how, EJ talks about how it has changed, uh, over time, how it's become much more expensive. Um, to kind of advertise through that way though. It's, one of those things that, you know, you're gonna you get what you pay for when it comes to, you know, digital marketing and advertising and things of that nature. So he talks about the importance of that and, you know, why he's focusing a lot of his attention on outdoor clients. Um EJ's a, a big outdoorsman. Um he loves turkey hunting. Uh so he gets to, you know, talk about that and tell some stories. So it's uh it was a good conversation. I mean EJ was actually um, deployed uh, when we recorded this, so he, you know, was kind enough to to take some time from his day to sit out. I believe he was sitting out in his car. Uh, it was the only quiet place he could find um, where he was uh, stationed at, where he could, you know, sit down and and actually record with me. So I, I appreciated him doing that. So episode one twenty eight with EJ Saunders. Enjoy uh, today's episode is going to be brought to you by my friends at Go Hunt. The holidays are right around the corner, guys. Um, we're knocking on the door of Thanksgiving, which means Black Friday, which means I mean the Christmas season is is in full swing. I mean, I've gotten emails upon emails of Black Friday sales already starting. Go hunt is no different. They're running this huge Black Friday sale. Now is a great time to head over to Gohunt.com and pick up, you know, gear for the outdoorsman, the outdoors in your life and you know, get them something great. Uh, another thing that you can do is pick up the explore membership for them. Um, go hunts mapping system is far and away the best that I've ever used. Uh, whether it's downloading the size of the maps that you're able to download offline, the layering, um, you know, really just the functionality of everything that they have with, uh, with their mapping system. Um, so head over to GoHunt.com, check out their Black Friday sale, and while you're there, pick up yourself a Explore membership. EJ, welcome to the pod, man. What's going on? How are you?
1: Hey, doing good, man. Um, doing really good.
0: Yeah, no, that's good to hear. Um, no, again, I, uh, I kind of mentioned it before, but I appreciate you being flexible. I had to cancel last week when we were supposed to do this because I was totally under the weather, but, no, today's a good day. It's one I've been looking forward to, man.
1: Yeah, I've been looking forward to this too. Yeah, really excited.
0: No, great. Have you uh, have you had chances to do podcasts before, or is this kind of your first go around at it?
1: No, I've I've been on a few. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been on a few, especially this last year. It's been it's been a fun ride. Um, next year, I'm going to be attempting to do a little bit of a podcast tour, if you will. So, okay. <laughs> hopefully, people will be hearing a lot more from me. Um, yeah, it should be fun.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, <clears throat> before we kind of get into um, Blaze Digital and everything like that, EJ, tell me a bit about yourself, man. Give me a bit of your background.
1: Yeah, so um, I don't know how deep you want me to, to go here, but I, a little bit about me um, outdoor wise, always grown up um, loving just being outside in general. So, played basketball through high school. Um, did a lot of, you know, a lot of backcountry type things going up, growing up through scouts and different things like that. Um, really got into the deep, like backcountry um, type stuff, backpacking and things where we'd go out for five days and, you know, put in 50, 60 miles on the trail and um, do that kind of stuff. And so, I don't know. The outdoors in general has is, is always been my thing. Um, I, I got a little ADD, and so I'm always seem to be having to do something, and being outside is is the most fun for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, <clears throat> I totally know how that is. Like, <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah, just I think the, the kind of the ADD that we all have, the outdoors kind of helps soothe that a little bit, right? Like even if you're just walking around kind of aimlessly, like you feel – being in the outdoors you feel like you're doing something you feel like you have a little bit more purpose when you're out there even if yeah like you said maybe you're just just going for an out and back hike or something like that right and it's it's something as simple as that but it kind of gets you refocused recentered when you're out there
1: yeah man it's 100 percent. i mean you, you hit the nail on the head on that one for sure
0: <clears throat> so you mentioned you know kind of always being in the outdoors. What, you know, as you've, you know, gotten older in life, you know, had to start adulting, I guess as people call it nowadays, like what is what is your relationship with the outdoors look like now? Are you still able to, to spend a bunch of time out there or is it just kinda of taking a back seat and you do it when you can?
1: Um it's taken a little bit of a back seat just with family and stuff like that. So I've got four kids, um married and and so we you know, there's a lot. And my kids are kind of just getting into the teenage years. Um, So they're still young and and vibrant. And one thing I really try to strive to do is always to get them out there. And it's like my excuse to get me out there is to be like, hey, I need to, you guys need to experience this as much as I do. And so we're going to go out there and, and knock it out. So I'll, you know, we'll go out shooting, we'll go hiking, we'll do all sorts of different things. And Um, so that's really just kind of just being active in general has been, you know, a very, very important part of, of my life growing up. And then, so now I'm in the military and, you know, fitness is just part of the gig. Um, and so I'm constantly having to, you know, I'm always going running or, you know, lifting and, and doing that sort of thing. And so it's. It's just kind of ingrained into my DNA, what we'll just say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean Yeah. You know, the outdoors, that's a, a perfect place to kinda of hone those skills to to stay sharp because yeah, there's a whole plethora of things that you can kind of get into to, to keep yourself active, whether it is, yeah, trail running, mountain biking, you know, just doing some rucking or hiking or whatever the case is and I found when I had kids that that's when my relationship with the outdoors kind of changed a little bit. Um, It became a lot more about me wanting to, like you just said, have them experience it, get them outdoors, get them used to that kind of lifestyle and much less about me and my pursuits and and the things that I wanted to do when I was out there.
1: Yep, 100%. And there's nothing like, you know, I bought my, um, so my youngest is the only boy. (laughs) similar to like me growing up. I was the only boy in my family. I had three sisters and, um, I got him a a bow because he's seen me shoot. He's seen my bow and stuff. And I got him a bow and he's just like, it's static, but it's cool because it, because his excitement has gotten some of his sisters excited to be like, "Oh, I want to try it. That's pretty cool. And so we'll go out, you know, shooting, um, and things, you know, just, just having fun. And it's really cool to see them, kind of engage with that type of thing, um, you know, at that, at that level at their young age is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Do you get a chance to, to do much hunting be, you know, between, between the job, between, um, <clears throat> you know, serving and all that good stuff. Do you find time to squeak out?
1: So it's tough, <laughs> especially <laughs> those last couple of years. Um, but uh, I didn't draw out this year as far as big game, which is actually good because, you know, I got deployed and, um, that's kind of currently where I'm at right now. Um, but the, yeah, this last spring I did get in a good turkey hunt and it was, it was awesome. There you go. So, yeah, it was, it was like the picture perfect moment, um, or, or experience we'll just say of, of, seeing him up in the tree start calling them in and watching them literally watching them pitch down and walk right toward you until they're about 25 yards out it was it was insane but um those moments of just like you know i don't know it's giving tribute a little bit and, you know being that provider and, and that kind of stuff you know um at least for me that's kind of where it is
0: yeah no that's great so ej tell me about blaze digital solutions
1: yeah so blaze digital is you know we're we're a marketing company um we specialize in the outdoor space though so the we do have clients outside of the outdoor space but 95 percent of all of our clientele are all outdoor based to mostly be in the hunting space um and we started diving into like the fishing space there but yeah we just help companies in the outdoor space grow
0: So what was it, like, did you have kind of a a bit of a background in that, or what made you decide to start the company?
1: Yeah, so I um, actually started my journey into the marketing world back in 2008. Um, Worked into, you know, worked for a company um, called Orange Soda. I know it's been bought out and things like that out of American Fork, Utah. And that was the moment where I realized that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life (laughs) was to be in that space and just do that thing. And so that took me back to going to school, which then led me to other jobs and, and business ventures and stuff that I kind of tried along the way. Um, And I ended up working the last agency I worked for. um, We had a handful of outdoor specific clients um, that I purely managed from top to bottom. Um, so everything from SEO to digital ads, um, you know controlling somewhat of the, the email side a little bit, just kind of working with um, working with internal teams and, and kind of guiding people there. Um, I just kind of did it, did it all and so it developed a lot of relationships in that in the industry in, in specific. And um, back in 2019, this is kind of crazy. So December of 2019, was sitting there in church and um you know they were just kind of you know talking and stuff it was during one of the classes and I was just sitting there dozing off literally <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it human but the dozing off and then all of a sudden like out of nowhere I just got this it was like a you know I don't know a proverbial slap in the face and I was just like woken up being like, you got to quit your job. Like that was like the big thing in my gut. That was just like, what, (laughs) (laughs) what, like I need to, to move on. Right. And so during that time too, it was kind of a, a little bit of a searching around really defining my why as, as an individual, um, and my purpose of like, what am I here to do? Like what goals do I really need to strive to hit? Um, and, and that really came out to be, you know, I want to help inspire and motivate individuals to, to live a happy and fulfilled life. Um, and so during that, that time, that's when it just hit me of like, I need to quit my job. So it's December, 2019. Um, so fast forward a little bit to, to the new year of 2020. Um, January of 2020, around the middle, um, I was talking to an entrepreneur friend of mine and uh, talked to my wife a little bit. And then I just had this really deep, deep feeling that I needed to move on to other things and stuff. And so my buddy was like, he had a very successful uh, daycare chain. And he's like, if you don't go off and do your own thing, I'm literally gonna punch you in the face <laughs> <laughs> just because of all the things were just stacked in my favor um, with my experience that I'd built over the years and some relationships that I've built and and all that kind of stuff and so so I decided to to go off on my own and to start a marketing company and the, the goal there was to kind of really focus more in the outdoor space and just to kind of exploit that so um that's what i did so it's a little bit of background on the company yeah um how much how
0: much has if you started kind of working um you know with an ad agency um 2008 how much has thing how much has how much have things really changed as far as like how you're handling clients, how you're approaching, um, you know, whether, because obviously anymore like, you know, Facebook ads, SEO, like all these things. Well, I know, you know, back in 2008, those were important things, or maybe they, people hadn't really understood the value of them as opposed to like, you know, this day and age. So how is, how have things kind of changed from then up until, you know, even early 2020, when you decide to go on your own?
1: Um, well, it, a lot of change. <laughs> From 2008 to 2020, um, they're two completely different worlds as far as the online space goes. Um, and so you had, man, back in 2008, people were still keyword stuffing and doing all that kind of stuff in SEO. And if you remember anything like that, but um, that was really popular. Uh, digital ads, oddly enough, like Google Ads and things like that, was just kind of getting going um it was still somewhat of a new thing and it was very 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 easy um to get things up and going it was very cheap and you could get conversions very quickly um so long as you had like a really good idea like it was a like almost anybody that's just why you've seen over the last 10-12 years um a whole plethora of people just Hey, yeah, I'm a Facebook ads expert expert or, Hey, I can run Google ads and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right, I think it's a, become a dime a dozen. Um, but coming around to like 2020, 2022 now, um, as we're going into 2023, it's a completely different game. Um, now that these platforms like Facebook and Google, they, they have such a, a foothold, a monopoly really, um, on the end on every industry you can think of um you know there's businesses out there that solely rely on their google my business uh account right to 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 be exist to exist yeah. If their google my business account was wiped they would be wiped like their phone calls everything would stop immediately <laughs> um and so it's a completely different ball game on that so there's tons of restrictions and as you know like through 2020 all that all that stuff that kind of went down during those years was something that really changed and really kind of altered the game. Um, and especially for people in more of the restricted categories, you know, like hunting, um, really specifically like hunting, especially like in the shooting and stuff like that. Like you, it's very hard. Um, unless you know what you're doing and you can position it correctly you're going to have a really hard time getting ads up and going um, or if at all nowadays. And so, and the cost of things is kind of going back up to where they were before, um, you know, digital ads even existed at all. Um, I don't know if, you know, back in the early two thousands, know, late nineties, you, you know, to be able to market, to be able to put ads up in the newspaper or, you know the phone book or wherever. I mean, you'd be spending thousands of dollars a month just to do one of those things. And so, your the things that have changed is you've kind of had this uh, subsidized. Uh, I heard this from Ryan Dice. Everything's been subsidized for the last fifteen years, as far as digital ads and marketing and advertising goes. Now we're starting to see an uptick going back to the days where things were you know, the prices that they used to be. And so you're going to see it's very difficult. It's going to be very difficult for a lot of smaller companies to, to do it um, if you don't have a good handle on your business and what your business actually exists for.
0: Now, do you think that that... <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it a, a correction in the market or with prices starting to climb back up to, to what they were in, you know, the early days of, you know, just kind of marketing like that in general. Do you think that's because there's more and more, you know, entrepreneurs, more and more small businesses that are kind of relying on these digital ads to to try to grow their business? And, pe- and you know, whoever is kind of controlling the ad space is, is kind of seeing a place where, they can, you know, kind of make their money there if, if more and more
1: people want to do it. Um, I think it has a little bit to do with that because, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of this is off of bidding, right? The bidding system, the more people that are involved, the higher the prices typically go. Like if you go and you, you're you one of two million people that are bidding for a specific keyword in Google, that price for that keyword is going to go up dramatically. This is why you see... Um, attorneys and you know some of those others where you're literally paying a hundred dollars a click um but it's worth it to them because their costs you know they yeah, keep their cost per acquisition down to where they're still profitable and spend whatever they want
0: yeah they're um, the what they're charging for billing yeah is much higher than that than that rate
1: yep so as especially this last year as inflation has gone up pretty dramatically you're seeing ad costs go up. Um, the problem is, is it's, it is a correction, but you're not going to see those prices go back down. If that makes sense. So yeah. the, the thing is, is you have to realize that like, Facebook, um, they're, they're public, right? They're, they're on the stock market. Um, they were able to go and be dr- dramatically unprofitable for years and years and years. Now, they have stockholders that are saying that are basically demanding them to become profitable. So what does that mean? Prices got to go up. There's no, there's going to be no more subsidies as far as that stuff goes. And Google's in a a little bit of a similar notion, except for they're more playing the monopoly game of they just going to stay, you know, they're going to stick with where the market's at. And as they increase prices, you're, likely not to see those prices come down either just it's just going to be the way it is yeah um they have too much control <laughs> to it. you know because i mean without google nowadays if google is to go away i mean probably imagine what that would do to small business oh yeah um yeah that ripple would effect it. would be
0: yeah it would be catastrophic
1: so they are um, in a position to where we cannot, you know, in a sense, we cannot live without them. Yeah. And so they they control the pricing structure for all of that between Apple, Facebook, and Google. Um, and as you know, Apple's going to be coming out with a pretty strong um, ad platform as well. But those are three major, major players that you're going to see um, really take hold, and those prices are going to they're going to go up. It's gonna be
0: interesting. Yeah, so EJ, kind of walk me through the process. You you are able to obtain a new client um, in the outdoor space. What do what is the I guess kind of the the entire process look like from maybe that initial meeting, um, laying out goals or anything like that to kind of what you would consider like the end state or you know the the final step in the process.
1: Yeah. So we um, first thing we want to establish is is their goals like and if if their goals are attainable so we can kind of backwards plan so we really like to start with the end in mind and then kind of backwards plan towards okay you know if you want to make if you want to double your sales in the next 12 months um this is you know then we kind of lay out a plan of like this is what that's going to look like and this is kind of the investment that you're looking at to achieve that Um, because there is a direct correlation with with what you're spending versus, you know, the returns that you, that you get. Um, and so we'll look at all of that. We like to look at what their current cost per acquisition is and all that kind of stuff they're saying from Dan Kennedy that um, has always been imprinted in my mind when it comes to this kind of stuff is that those who can spend the most to acquire a customer will always win. Um, so if you can remain profitable and spend the most out of your competitors to acquire a customer, you're going to win every single day. All like, there's no way that you can't win. Like it's, it's just the way it is. So with that, we look at their offer. Um, and we try to establish, Hey, is there a way that we can beat this up? Is there a way we can position it differently, um, based on who they're wanting to target? So. As clients come on we really try to establish who they're targeting Um, in the hunting space oddly enough it's there's a wide variety of different you know customer avatars that that you can create you know from the Western hunter to the turkey hunter to the you know the whitetail going into waterfowl like there's a whole plethora of different people and their buying patterns are all different Um, they're you know, a lot of the times there is some consistency with the seasons as the seasons come and go. People like to buy when the seasons are, when the season are happening and, and then they tend to tail off afterwards and then during the holiday season. So there is some consistency, but the reasons why they buy is going to be very different. Um, their motivations, their fears, their frustrations, their wants, aspirations. We try to outline all of that to help establish the right messaging for the type of product or service that we're trying to market. Um, once we have that established, the rest is, is somewhat easy. Now it's just coming up, you know, developing the creatives, the ad copy, making sure the websites all up to par, um, with the messaging. So it's consistent across the board. And then we start, you know, doing whatever service that we have established for, um, you know, that that we're contracted to do, we kind of optimize that over time. So, it's
0: a brief. Yeah. So, when you're talking about, like, um, you know, different, let's say different uh, types of hunters or different, um, you're chasing different species, right? You talked about from the Western big game to waterfowl to upland to the whitetail turkey hunters, all that good stuff. Do you notice um, a very specific pattern or can you kind of generalize the, you know, the, the reason why people are buying, like, I know it, it, this is just speaking for me as, as a, you know, predominantly whitetail hunter, right? Like I won't really think about my gear until probably after my first sit of the year, right? I'll come home and I'm like, okay, could he use this? Or I could have used that. Or, you know, you're looking at the extended forecast and you're going, man, it's going to be a little bit colder than what I expected even though you maybe have some gear that you used the previous season, maybe you just want to upgrade. How are you able to, to really kind of hone in on, on those buying patterns for like the different, um, you know, I think uh, avatars, as you called it, in the hunting space?
1: Yeah, so it really depends on the type of product, right? So if we're talking about hunting camo, where people are going to spend $1,000, 1500 um, or more in some cases, on that they're uh, those people that are ready or need to buy all the gear are going to be buying that at least a month or so before the season. So they know they have a tag and they know where they're going to be going. Therefore they start searching for that type of stuff. Um, finds a lot of the smaller ticket items. So if you're looking at like battery banks, so like dark energy is, is a client of ours. Um, People that are looking for that kind of stuff, generally, it's a lot of it can be impulse buys and just randomly throughout the season. But if you're a higher ticket item, you're going to see that pattern start about a month, month and a half before the actual season starts. And then it will amplify um, as you get into the season. Like like you said, you're going out. And you're like, oh, man, I need this, this or that. Or I need this base layer. Or, I need this uh, knife or whatever it is. Right. I need a new pair of boots. Um, we we just kind of start feeding into that. So we actually have a framework um, for the outdoor space, and a lot of it's geared a lot towards um, some of the big game type of things, but it really flows perfectly with just about any any species. Um, I mean, we call it the, the anti-seasonal framework. And so what you're talking about here is the buying really starts around phase two and phase three. Um, and that's kind of like your, your pre hunting season and then into the hunting season. Okay. Um, and then afterwards is typically you're going to have, you know, for the most part, especially big game, you're going to flow right into the hunt or the holiday season. And so it's really just structuring what that looks like. Cause you're going to have people from all, you're going to have people all over the, their customer value journey. Right. If you know how, how, and the ways that you want to acquire a customer that's very very important like knowing that journey that you need people to take that's going to lead to a purchase um knowing that you can pre-plan and you can start establishing because as we're seeing with big ticket items big ticket items used to have an average of a 30-day um like attribution what i mean by that is by the time they first start seeing the product it would take about 30 days on average for that person to actually buy the product. Okay. Now, as we're seeing it, it's especially for the bigger ticket items. It's more around a 90 day plus. Really? Um, it's
0: that long. Yeah.
1: Yes. Just because of inflation and like all that kind of stuff, we've really seen an extension of people are really holding on to their money and they're really being selective on what they need to buy. Um, and so, yeah, 100% seeing that across the board. And so I do a lot of marketing for, you know, for Scree. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Scree, but yep. yeah, done a lot of work for Scree. Um, actually, from the very beginning of the company, just about, they're about a year or two old. And that's when we I came into the picture and I've been with them since. Um, and uh, Canvas Cutter is another one that they're kind of like a big ticket item.
0: Yeah, it's an investment more for, for sure. Hunting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking, you know, six hundred dollars in the, or like initial ascent, initial ascents. You know, they're on average five, six hundred dollars for a backpack uh, for the backcountry. So people are uh, for those type of products and those things, people are definitely the ex- they are waiting, and they're they're being very, very a lot more strategic with their money. If that makes sense. Um, as we start seeing, if we start seeing inflation really go down, we're going to dive into a recession. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, and as we do that, as we kind of come out of that, that time frame will likely shorten as the economy improves. But as we're going into this, and with the inflation so high, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. So, what happened is during the pandemic, nobody had inventory. <laughs> And this is partly a major, major problem what companies are literally going out of business for. Um, is during the pandemic, man, everybody was home and online sales were at an all time high. People were like, couldn't keep on the inventory fast enough. Right. So they like doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on the inventory, um, thinking that that was going to continue. And it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's people kind of got back to work they're able to, you know, not wear masks and all this kind of stuff. Um, You saw that buying pattern really tail back to what it was and then add inflation and all that kind of stuff on top of it. And now people are stuck with literally hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of inventory that they can't get rid of.
0: Yeah. How did you...
1: It's crippling.
0: Talking about like buying patterns and whatnot, you know, during the pandemic and just the the inability to, to maintain a stock level or, you know, or an inventory level, you know, the, the, the pandemic certainly got more people outdoors, whether it was, you know, first timers getting into hunting, whether it was someone who was kind of rekindling, um, a love for, for hunting in the outdoors, um, you know, whatever the case was, how would, how did you guys approach that? Um, like with your clients, when all of a sudden there was this sudden influx of, of new users?
1: Um, we were, I mean, there was a lot of times where we would shut ads off. We would have to shut ads off or we would put in back orders. Back okay. orders was kind of a common thing. Um, and that's what we tried first. Uh, unless we heard a lot of people we had. So I, um, Bow spider, I don't know if you've heard of them. It's another company that we've done a lot of work with over the last couple of years, especially during the pandemic and they got they had sales that were i mean so much back order thousands and thousands of orders um put on back order it was insane but people were used to that and they were used to being like well i'm not going to get this for another three or four months so people would buy a lot more in advance just to make sure they had it for the hunting season um but that's more or less we would try that first and then if we needed to shut ads off you know if it got way too out of hand then we would just shut things off. Um, that's
0: yeah. such a, that's such a, that's got for, for, for you EJ and, and, and your market and, and your team, that's gotta be such a, a weird approach to take, right? Like to say, you know, we're going to try to help you with these digital ads. We're going to try to help you, you know, blast your message out there. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, we, you guys just can't handle you know, the influx of, of orders of new customers. So we're just going to shut things off. We're just going to kill it and we're going to ride this out. We're going to kind of write the ship here, try to get back to, to uh, homeostasis level here and then see where we're at.
1: Yep. Yep. That's, it definitely was a, a different thing. That's for sure. Cause especially for me, um, I'm a type of guy that likes to go and I like to go fast. And if I see something that's working, we like to just dump gas on it as much as possible to see if, if it'll scale, right? Um, and so, happened to pull back <laughs> when things were working. Um, definitely, was kind of a, I don't know, it was heart-wrenching. It was, it was a little bit, you know, it's my ego getting in the way, you know, of <laughs> we're winning let's go um, Yeah,
0: foot on the throat absolutely yeah 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 that's yeah, gotta so. be i mean it, it goes against everything that you know you and and the team kind of believe in and, and and the mission and the you know just the the work ethic that you guys have right that's got to be it's got to be a tough thing to manage
1: yeah no for sure yeah it's been it's been really difficult um yeah dealing with with all of this So, and then you had a lot of companies, man. They started and they hit the pandemic at the right moment, and they sold a whole bunch of product. And then, as soon as people started going back to work, literally their sales just stopped. Yeah, it was like a pandemic opportunity, (laughs) (laughs) and they got themselves in a little bit of trouble thinking it was going to last. And so, yeah, there's so many aspects to it. It's it's really difficult. It's been just a really weird. Time period. Yeah, it has in the last few years.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. So, what is what is the toughest part about kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, about operating in you know the digital space in in you know digital marketing and all that stuff? What's the what's the toughest part for you guys?
1: Um, the hardest thing is is trying to really manage expectations. Um. Especially with all the changes and all the different things coming out, like with iOS 14 updates that destroyed uh, tracking and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, managing expectations, because people, pre-pandemic and even during the pandemic, it seemed like, man, if you if you targeted the people and with the right message, your return was going to be astronomical. I've seen returns on ad spends upwards of over a hundred percent. Wow. Which is insane. That's that's saying for every dollar I spend, I get a hundred back. Stupid, right? Yeah. I've seen that. Um, and I've seen the seventies and the fifties and the twenties. I've been able to, over the course between the years of 2016 and 2019 well no I'm gonna through 2021 I was able to consistently get a company well over a 10x return on all of their money they invested with us literally millions of dollars was made during that time period um, now it's getting a little more difficult to have that kind of return because of the costs of ads the costs of all these things is, is going up um, It's a lot more competitive. People are holding on to their money. They're being way more selective. So we have to really pivot and focus really hard on messaging and positioning of their product, and making sure that their offer is outstanding in regards to who we're trying to market to.
0: Yeah. Now operating kind of solely in the in the outdoor space, and you know primarily with within the hunting industry. And then you mentioned you know, obviously taking on some some clients, um, kind of in the angling space. Do you have a team? Um, you know, the, the team that you have built there at blaze, is it, is a lot, is it a lot of kind of like like-minded people like yourself that are, you know, into the outdoors or grew up in the outdoors. So they have an idea of kind of what that space looks like or what, you know, potential, uh, customers out there would be looking for when they're looking for it, all those things. Or is that just something that they kind of learn, uh, through trends and training and all that good stuff once they come
1: aboard? Yeah, so I'd say it's probably about half and half. Okay. Um, I have a really strong core to the team. Um, so my content director and uh, the guys underneath him, they live in the outdoor space. Like, they just live fishing, hunting. You know, they're from southern Louisiana. Louisiana, we'll just say. And they that's just what they've been doing for all their lives. And so they understand the space, especially from a content perspective, like better than anybody I I know in the space. Um, And then uh, Tim, who's who's over like our email marketing and things like that, I actually met him when I was doing uh, work for Phonescope. So he worked for Phonescope, he was the GM at Phonescope. Um, I worked directly with him for years prior to me going off on my own. and so, but he's, he's a birder, he's a hunter, like for most of his, if not all of his life as well. So a lot of, um, the big core people, um, same thing with Alyssa, Alyssa is a big hunter and she's over SEO, okay. SEO web development, things like that. So when it comes to like all the pieces, my business partner is a big bow hunter, um, as well. And so. It's, yeah, it seems like the the core of the company is very much outdoors, yeah. outdoors oriented. They've done it for, you know, most of their lives. They just, they just love it. So they have that deep connection, you know, with the industry and, and how consumers really buy, because like, like, in a sense, we're kind of our own target market. A, <laughs> yeah, that's way. true.
0: Yeah, you're selling to um, yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> EJ, how does how does conservation tie into everything?
1: So conservation, um, is, I don't know. So ever since I was a young boy in scouts, there was the, the leave no trace, right. And, and yep. learning to respect what God gave us on this earth to enjoy. Um, you know, it's supposed to be here for, for everybody. in and, and Everybody should have the opportunity to go out and to enjoy the great things that are on this earth. From the rainforest to the, the vast mountain ranges to you know all of the – I'm going to call them fields and just awesomeness throughout the, um, throughout the Midwest. Like, there's so many different aspects to different parts of just the United States alone. Um, but then when you go worldwide, I mean, it's, it's incredible the amount of things that are out there to experience, um, the adventure, everything. Right. So for me, conservation is doing my part to, you know, to preserve that for future generations, really. Yeah. um, When it comes down to it, um, I'm teaching my kids and we're getting out there and enjoying stuff and. Um, it's really sad to see, you know, especially when you go into the backcountry. So I went on a backpacking trip a couple of years ago in Glacier, Glacier National Park. We're at we're backcountry for I don't know it was like five days. I think that was yeah it was five days, <clears throat> four nights, five days, and the amazing thing to see people just leave crap behind. It yeah. was like. What the heck?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's got it's gut wrenching, man, to see that type of yeah. stuff, especially in, in these pristine places like you mentioned.
1: Yeah. It's it's incredible that, that people will um, not respect that. And and so when it comes to hunting, when it comes to all of that, it's all about respecting what God gave us um, and doing our part in in really preserving that for you know, for others um, they're going to be coming behind us.
0: So, yeah. So how was it that, um, that you learned about 2% for conservation?
1: So I, I learned about 2% through one of my clients actually. And originally, um, so I worked, did some work for dark mountain. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Awesome guys. Um, Christian is, is the man. I've been trying to track Um,
0: them guys down to get on the podcast for like a year and a half. They are hard to pin down, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Christian's a, he's a, he's a busy guy. He's, he's actually got a couple of businesses. uh, And so he's, he's definitely a hard one to, to get, but um, you know, they're part of the 2% and that's where I originally kind of learned about it. Um, And that's my business kind of grew and gotten to a better position to be able to start focusing. So nowadays like in my business i'm not directly involved with operations Um, i've got a team now they're taking the helm and and running with it and so i'm definitely more of a figurehead nowadays and getting to get more and more that way Um, which gives me the opportunity to really dive into things that are going to be making a difference and that was the biggest opportunity that i saw was like wow i could really we could really do some really good stuff and we can help a lot of organizations and and really you know just do our part um and so that's when I I called two percent I was like hey you know what we are in a spot now to rock and roll and I want to make a difference so let's go
0: yeah no that's great that I love hearing that The you know it's kind of the the whole reasoning behind wanting to well one the reasoning behind you know your love for conservation for the outdoors and then you know, seeing you know, once you kind of got yourself in position to where you you know you felt like you could really make a an impact and a difference, and then you know, like everything else, uh, you know, full full throttle, right, full send on on trying to get involved and, and trying to give back. So, who are some of the um, the organizations that you guys are giving back to?
1: Um, so so really, we haven't. There, there's a plethora. There's there's a handful right now. I mean, we're working. Um, A lot with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. We worked with the Mule Deer Foundation um, a bit. Those are kind of the two bigger ones. Um, One of the big reasons why I got involved with 2% was to get access to more people and to know really where I should be going um, and what I should be doing. The big thing, we want to get more into fishing. There was a lot of, uh, you know, we want to get involved with like Ducks Unlimited and, and a lot of these bigger you know organizations that are doing a lot um especially on the angling side with like trout trouts unlimited um trout fishing and stuff is is really big in utah and so yeah we just want to kind of position ourselves to really just do whatever but those are the kind of the organizations that we've kind of actively been been working with
0: yeah and those are some some great ones too i mean That's one of the the nice things about 2%, right, is is they almost work as kind of a, a sounding board, right? You know, you can talk to Jared over there and say, hey, you know, this is what, you know, myself and the team, like, this is what, you know, we like to do from a recreation standpoint. You know, who are some organizations that kind of align with our beliefs, with our core values? Who can we kind of give back to? And I mean, he has, you know, old school Rolodex, right. Of just people and names and contacts of, of organizations that you can get involved with. And they make the entire process super simple and and super seamless to, to help and start giving back.
1: Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. Very exciting.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's, um, that's great. So, I mean, EJ, we're shoot. Let me see here. We're into October, right? I mean, we're especially across the West. I mean, my whitetail season just opened up last weekend. I was able to spend at least one evening in the woods, which was great. Um, do you have anything planned? I know you've got a ton on your plate. Do you have anything that you're looking forward to this fall?
1: Um, Nothing planned right now for the fall. Um, my big thing is, is trying to get home. But we this it's we're really looking at uh, the spring is what we're really going to be looking at um doing a lot of stuff uh, we want to do a lot of stuff we want to get in you know i know there's an opportunities to to backpack fish you know up at the top of the mountains and, and a lot of things like that where you know that's kind of some of the things that we're wanting to really get involved with um on that front yeah
0: no that's awesome so, EJ, before I let you get out of here, man, and, and get back to uh, that sunny southern, sunny southern California wedding w- weather, Jesus, criminy, I can't talk today, man, <laughs> shit. Um, where can people, um, you know, learn more about Blaze Digital, find out more, and if, you know, they, they happen to be operating in the outdoor space and, you know, they, they want to kind of boost their, their digital presence and things like that, where can they learn more?
1: Yeah. So if you go to blazedigitalsolutions.com, um, you know, that's, that's our website. And if you guys send me an email, EJ to EJ at blazedigitalsolutions.com. If you are in the space and you're looking to even for a second look, we'll offer a free two hour, um, strategy session where regardless, if you move forward with us or not, you're going to walk away with a strategy, um, that's going to impact your business. So, and you'll be have more clarity and, a, absolute direction on what you need to do next and so that's kind of you just leave the average conservationist um in the subject line and just email me directly we'll take care of the rest we'll get you scheduled we'll rock and roll awesome
0: i love that ej i appreciate you taking some time out of your day man it was uh, certainly a pleasure to talk to you to hear more about kind of your story the story behind blaze and, and everything that you guys have going on um, I wish you guys nothing but success as you guys continue to grow, certainly as uh, you're able to get out this fall and, and this spring to chase some big game or some turkeys and all that good stuff. And uh look forward to getting you on here again sometime.
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah. All right, EJ, take care of yourself. All right.
1: Thank you. Yep.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, EJ, for joining me on the podcast today. I would like to thank the partners of the podcast: Hardside Hydration, Outdoor Class, Stone Glacier, Go Hunt, and of course, Two Percent for Conservation. Uh, do me a favor, guys, especially this time of the year: go out, support these um, these businesses that help support this podcast and and make it possible for me to bring you um, you know amazing guests week in and week out. And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for conservation, you can check out their website, fishandwildlife.org. And over there, you're going to see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop. Also, highly encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media, where it's going to be only positive conservation-driven content that's landing in your your feeds there. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Speaking of the holidays, be sure to head over to TheAverageConservationist.com, pick up some gear there, and um, give the gift of conservation and some cool swag this holiday season. So, until next week, stay safe out there, and remember that conservation starts with you.